With this film, the fighting had to be very strong. But what I had in mind after watching the first Star Wars films was that um, was that you would see that they had studied every single style of swordplay, you know, from Epe to Kendo. That's what we've gone for. I like that there. That's strong in there, isn't it? You know, the Kendo movies. <laughs> Since they had chosen such a short-range weapon, they would have to be so good if they're up against ray guns and lasers. But I think it just needed to be much more gritty than it was, you know, much more scary than it was, much faster and much stronger. They have to be constantly in, in check. There's no room for error in any of the fights. You won't see it because they're so fast, but if you slow them down and freeze-frame them, they can only parry there, or they can only attack there. The moves are so natural, uh, or so correct, it's the only place they can be. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl Leclerc, Jason Hunt and Katie Horn discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everyone and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 338, Martial Arts in Star Wars. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Chirrut Imway and Darth Maul to my Dryden Voss, we have Carl LeClaire and Katie Horn. Hello! <laughs> Why are there all these scars on my face? I don't get it. <laughs> they only I'm show when you're angry. I'm yeah. Dryden. You're Chirrut. I gave you Chirrut this time. Oh, I'm Chirrut? You're Dryden? Yes. I just assumed. I, I, totally, I... I totally messed that up. Yeah, I kind of assumed that, that Jason would want to be Chirrut, <laughs> honestly. Listen, all I know for certain is that we're all kung fu fighting. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everybody oh, was kung, kung fu fighting. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, oh, I am pumped because none of us came up with this topic because none of us are quite as skilled. Uh, I'm very excited to introduce our special guest for this episode of The Wampa's Lair, who is the creator of this particular episode, the boss nast to all of us. We got <laughs> Emily Pelletier, the president of the Star Wars Club, where I work. You made me boss nass. <laughs> take it, actually. Okay. Hi, yeah, Emily. I'll take, I'll take it. Boss nass would be fun. Yeah. You can... Yeah, I can... Boston Ass can probably hold his own with uh, Dryden and Chirrut and Darth Maul. He's got a staff one. He does. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, why do you think he has his ears pulled back? It's so that, you know, like that's how you know he's serious. He pulls yeah, back his so ears. so he's ready to fight. And, and he's got his yeah, battle cry. Charges in. I mean, did you see? He knocked out Jar Jar, which is like a word. You know, he's all yeah. like, Jar Jar, you saw Bombad General. General! <laughs> Jar Jar passed out, like... You yeah, even... knocks him out with his words. He doesn't even need to use martial arts. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, welcome so, to the podcast. Yeah, I, I'm really glad that we, we can have Emily on with us. Um, Emily came to me last year, 
right last year and was yes. like, "Hey, I want to start a Star Wars club. Would you be the advisor?" And I was like, "Does Yoda raise X wings from the swamp?" Um, <laughs> I so, don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> that Good is question. why you failed. Yes. Oh yeah, when I asked yeah. you to be the advisor. So she has done a great job of getting a Star Wars club here on campus. The biggest event that they did was show Solo on one of our big screens, which I was pretty delighted about. I think that was like viewing 34 for me um, <laughs> wow, at that yeah. point. Way to rub it in, Carl. Yeah. And, uh, and they, the, the secret is that they didn't actually show the movie. Carl just stood up there and reenacted the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By, by about the time we got off Corellia, I was in an empty room. Um, so. <laughs> took our snacks and left you. Yeah. Um, but Emily's done a great job with that club on campus, and um, what's actually really cool is Emily has a black belt in karate, yes. and when I asked Emily, I was like, all right, well, it's up to you. What do you want to talk about? And she was like, Let, let's talk about martial arts and Star Wars. I was like, great. I know nothing. So um, I'm very excited to learn with all of you tonight. Um, and Emily, how long have you had your black belt for? Um, three years. Uh, I started karate when I was four um, so I did it for 15 years and then my dojo closed three years ago, unfortunately. Um, but I've had my black belt for three years. That's amazing. Now, is your, is your black belt in silly karate or is it like Kung Fu or Tarascasi? Drunken fighting. I wish it was in Tarascasi. <laughs> um, I have a black belt in American Kempo karate, actually. Ooh. That's incredible. I'm like, I'm so in awe of you right now. (laughs) Wow. I've always wanted to do some sort of like martial arts, but my, my follow through on that has been, uh, lacking, shall we say. I want to be Emily when I grow up, you guys. I want to be Emily. Yeah. (laughs) It's really cool. After we have like church services on Sunday on campus, she'll like, you'll see her at the back of the chapel, just like throwing people down just to show them moves. Nice. people People are coming out of church and Emily just like flips them to the ground. She doesn't do that. So, but um, I mean, you could have. Wish you would. You could have just, you know, stopped there, and I would have believed it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But it's really, I think. I mean, I think a lot of Star Wars fans know that martial arts is certainly a huge part of what informs the fighting fighting styles of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've gotten some very unique styles, I would say, just even in the subsequent trilogies. Um, but I don't know, Emily. Where are we going first? What do you want? What do we you, teach us? <laughs> We're going to the original trilogy. Oh, uh, Got to yeah. start at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and those drills are always my favorite because they're the ones that are most closely connected to martial art. They're based on um, kendo, which is a Japanese sword martial art. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, but kendo is really cool because it has like the rounded blades, like the lightsabers kind of are, oh. and they're very much centered in this idea of it's nothing flashy, it's nothing fancy, it's a lot of just, like, blocks and strikes and going very quickly. Um, kendo duels are over in, like, a matter of minutes or seconds, depending on, you know, what level you're at. The, so, uh, so like, like Obi-Wan and, and Maul on, uh, in um, Twin yeah, Sons. Yeah, in, in Rebels, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of, like, really similar to that. Um, and I think that's just a lot of samurai duels in general from what I know. Um, yeah, Kendo is really cool art. And I think that had an influence on their, um, like, the way the Jedi dress, too. Because, the mm-hmm. like, their, yeah. you know, their tops look like gi tops and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. 
Um, yeah, so that's something I, I hear two conflicting reports about episode four in particular. Um, and and I, I have no idea what's true, so I want your take. Um, people either say that that match between Vader and Obi-Wan is very intentional. As you say, like, the strikes are very deliberate and they're very slow. You know, and, and again, you can just tell that if they really, you know, went at each other, you know what I mean? It would be over in seconds one way or another, you know? Yeah. Um, but then other people say that actually, no, it's the opposite. In, when they were on set, nobody had any idea what they were doing. It was just like, yeah, just slap your sticks together. So so which? what do you get when you watch episode four? Are you like, oh, this is really deliberate? Or are you just like, they have no idea what they're doing. They're just hitting sticks. Like, From everything that I've <laughs> read and seen, it is deliberate. Um, that like they're, I don't remember who the stunt coordinator for Episode four is Bob Anderson. Thank you. Oh, uh, that Bob Anderson like actually based it on kendo matches because like a lot of the other stuff that he had done was um, fencing. So and that was oh, wow. some of the stuff that Alec Guinness had done was also fencing. So they George Lucas was like, no, we're going to base this on kendo. So like you have to use two hands on your lightsaber blade, and everything is like slow and deliberate. And like even those moments of like where. Like, Vader and Obi-Wan aren't actually fighting, but their blades are touching. Mm. Um, that's very much rooted in kendo. Um, that's a technique, if you're good, that's a technique where you can, like, feel what your opponent is going to do next. You can kind of, like, anticipate what they're going to do. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, oh, so yeah. everything that, from what I saw in A New Hope, like, everything is just, like, rooted in, like, how kendo does their fighting. That's incredible. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's probably absolutely right, where their blades are touching, and then just based on how how your opponent shifts their weight or, you know, how they grip, you know, the pommel, that could absolutely tell you, like, how they're going to move next, and then that changes how you move as well, and it's almost like chess. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. Well, that's, and, like, and how wow. helpful you can see things before that happen. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> But actually, no, that's really neat. I, I, I never really knew that. Um, but I always remember, like, when I used to play basketball, I remember um, my dad coaching me when you played defense. You would always – you never watch the ball, actually, of who you're defending. You actually watch kind of like their, their midsection because that's where all their movement's going to be is in their hips. Mm, yeah. So they may fake with the ball one way, but their, their body's going to go a different way. So you actually – you watch the movement of the body, not the ball because the body is – the body's what's under their control. The ball is kind of independent. So I just thought that was kind of neat. Kind of just this, it's, it's, there's something, there's something so physical too, right? About like martial arts. There's something, and, and to, to choose that. Um, I mean, Obi-Wan says it himself in A New Hope. It's a, you know, a weapon for a more civilized age, right? There, you know, there's something so much more personal about that form of combat. There's an intimacy that, um, I think it kind of evokes and it makes those, that's why those, like, that's why duels to me are like the best kind of fights, like both in Star Wars, but even just in like, you know, a good old action movie. Like there's nothing like the main hero versus the main villain and like a fisticuff fight, right? Like, cause it's (laughs) more than just, uh, about the violence of it. It's also about the intimacy of those characters. And, um, you know, it, which just makes me think so much of the Anakin Obi-Wan duel. Um, while it's not personally my favorite duel at all, it's one of my least favorites. Um, sorry, there's lots of angry people right now. But um, <laughs> the, the idea of it is so perfect because these are two, like, brothers, right? Like, they are so close. They And they also know each other's fighting style so, so intimately. Um, it just opens up so many avenues of, of 
what you can do to explore with a fight. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. We're talking about, um, you know, the the difference between the the sword and the blaster, right? That's what that's what I hear you saying when you're when you're talking about, um, you know, it, what it means to to cross blades with someone versus shoot them with a blaster. You know, the uh, the the sword is more elegant. It puts you in uh, in their personal space, and and it really is just because this is something that I've been reading and thinking about uh, lately. Um, we talked about this before the show. The difference uh, that that um, uh, the difference in uh, public versus personal space, you know? So if you imagine yourself standing at the center of a circle um, and then just rings building out from around you, the, 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 the ring furthest from you is called personal space. And then, or sorry, that's public space. And then you step inward in that social space, inward again, personal space, and, for, and in with you at the center is your intimate space, you know? And when you shoot someone, they're, they're out there. They're in public space. You know what I mean? They're almost like not even real to you. You know, you can shoot them and you don't really have to think about it. Um, but when you're dueling someone, they are at least in personal space. You know, they're there with you and you're fighting them. And I don't know, it's more deliberate and way, way, way more personal, I think. And, and depending yeah. on the, the fight, it can even get into intimate space, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. you can get real close to someone. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I think makes it so exciting to watch why why it kind of you know when when people are having a shootout that's exciting right but then when obi-wan and anakin are crossing blades and they're real up close to each other like that that's when we really pay attention we're like you know we feel that emotional drama not just the excitement but the emotions of oh what what are they going to do to each other now that they're in that space you know right yeah and yeah. Like, if you think about it a lot of the really emotional parts of star wars are like kind of centered around duels we have yeah. like luke finding out that darth vader is his dad um obi-wan losing his mentor the whole anakin and obi-wan duel on mustafar like those are all highly emotionally charged moments and you can really only have those when you're either in someone's personal space or like someone's intimate space like you were saying katie mm-hmm. um and duels just lend themselves to like being in that kind of space. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. More, uh, more elegant weapon, more civilized age. Yeah. You know that that idea of the different zones of space makes me mm-hmm. think of uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Yes, um, that what, movie what that you never Carl, talked about. What doesn't make you think? Of Solo, a Star Very Wars. little, Jason. Okay, just <laughs> just as so long as we're all on the same page. <laughs> nope. Like just even thinking about like that that different type of combat, right? Like, so it, I love the shootout on Kessel, right? Mm-hmm. When they're beneath the Falcon. I think yep. this is a great, great action sequence. But what's also kind of interesting, kind of going with what you know, you were both just talking about this idea of these different spaces and and what it means, like when you're shooting at somebody out there, as you said, Katie, yeah. right? It's and and especially even on Kessel too, it's like a faceless enemy, right? The, these Pike Syndicate folks are wearing helmets. Like, there's something so impersonal about that experience. And what's like, this is maybe reaching a bit, but I got to talk about my boy Alden um, <laughs> slash Han, and uh, you know. He's very he's very comfortable in that sequence of combat, right? Like he he's he's doing a great job of fighting there on Kessel, but look what happens when he has to get into somebody's personal space when he fights Dryden at the end of the film. Yeah. It's almost like he doesn't quite know himself yet, right? Like he doesn't quite have enough 
self-intimate knowledge to be comfortable when someone's all up in that space. So he, you know, he gets kind of housed pretty quickly by Dryden. Yeah. Um, Unlike Kira. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Unlike Kira, who, yes, she's obviously gotten that formal training as she insinuates about Tereskasi, but this is also a character at the end of that film who really knows who she is and what she's about in a way that Han's not there yet. You know, um, she's the more mature character by far. And to kind of going with this, even the way that embodies itself in combat, she knows how to slip into your personal space and be comfortable enough to combat in that space. So I don't know. That's that's maybe me reaching a bit, but I I was worried we weren't going to be able to talk about solo. (laughs) I just wanted to save us all from that. (laughs) Oh, I thank you for that, Carl. Absolutely. And I'm so here for that. That's so interesting, especially because Dryden is the one who enters Kira's space and stabs her. and, And then she takes his, his knife and stabs him with it, you know? His knife gets lodged in her sword as she spins it around and, and stabs him with his own knife. You know yeah, what I mean? And Kira yeah. uses her relationship with Dryden to her advantage. She mm-hmm. turns that on him because yeah. she knows that what he's expecting. So she flips that, she flips the script, so to yeah. say, and she's like, nope, we're not going to do this. I'm going to attack you instead. Yeah, precisely. Um, yeah, it's really, it's a really neat flip. Like, just yeah. to watch that scene. I watched that a lot when I was doing my show notes because I love Kira. Um, same, same. She's oh. wonderful. So are you saying that we should all hit pause and go watch Solo? Yeah. No. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that one scene, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, she, like, very literally flips because she's... Yeah. You know, it's Han and then Kira and then Dryden, and she's facing Han, and then she pretty much just does a 180 and faces yeah. Dryden. Yeah. And it's really... Yeah, which is like, like, today I'm yours and she turns around yes. like, yeah. Yes. Oh, so good. So good. I love her. Battle between two Tarascasi masters. Oh, or at gosh. least users. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, if, if we can assume they were both trained by Maul, then uh, then yeah, they both They're they good. both know their yeah. stuff. Yeah, I can't yes. imagine Maul letting anything slip. Like, they make a mistake and Maul makes them suffer for it. Oh, you know? oh yeah, of course, <laughs> because you know he did. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just like, <laughs> Maul had to suffer to learn, so he's going to make everyone else suffer to learn. Exactly. exactly. I mean, yeah, that's how my senses did it too. Oh <laughs> no, not bad suffering. You just sure. sometimes you just need a kick in the butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love that um, Kira and Dryden Voss duel anyway, because the weapons that they use are both based on weapons that are, like, actual martial arts weapons. Mm-hmm. So, Tereskasi is based on an Indonesian martial art called Pentjat Silat, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Um, but both of the, like, Kira's sword is, um, looks like it could be a pedag, um, but it's a type of sword, anyway, and it's kind of like a shorter kind of sword. Um, I basically just looked at, like, visual similarities, and they basically look the same. And Dryden's knives uh, look like they can be um, carambit, um, double-ended carambit, which is like a knife, like a curved knife, like his uh, knives look like. So I think that's really neat that, like, they went and drew on, like, actual weapons from that martial art that they based Tarascasi on to give those weapons to characters in Star Wars, just to, like, ground it a little more in 
martial arts. Wow, real martial so arts. Cool. That's yeah. so cool. I love that you know like the actual weapons. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, oh my gosh. Um, did you see um have you looked at the uh, the art of solo the solo art book? Um, I have not. Oh, I it's want so to. good. Okay. I love some of the so. uh Yeah. I love some <laughs> I of the <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. really, Carl? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> it's under his pillow. I'll have to wipe no. off of it when I give it to you. Gross. <laughs> but, but I, I, love, I just, I really love some of the um, uh, the con- uh, concept art for Dryden Voss's yacht. Um, Again, just talking about like personal spaces, you know, living spaces this time, you know, what, what do we surround ourselves in, you know, in our personal space. And, you know, um, there's even like cherry blossom trees and stuff, you know, like. Yeah, it was kind of, very Japanese. Yeah, exactly. Drawing on that influence for Dryden Voss, which I just, I, I, that's so cool. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love that they based Tereshkasi on like an actual martial art that exists that like you can go find a dojo and learn well, it's not exactly Terrace Kasi, but you can learn something similar to that. Oh, talk to oh. me about it. Talk to me about it. Talk to me about real I life. I don't Terrace know Kasi. a lot. Yeah. I yes. really don't know a lot because it's, um, I know a lot more about like Japanese martial arts because that was the tradition that I d- always did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's Indonesian, Indonesian, um, and a lot of the focus is on strikes, so like punching and kicking and stuff, grappling and weapons. They have... I want to say like a dozen weapons that you can learn um, theoretically um, from what I vaguely remember. Um, But I think uh, we can see a lot of like the striking stuff in the little bit that we see of Kira's fight on um, Castle when she's in that side room with... I don't remember that character's name. I'm bad at that. uh, Director Tolsite. Yes, yeah. director Tolstoy. Yeah, yes. like we can see a little bit of that. Like she does that flip cartwheel <laughs> kick, um, which I think is really cool. Um, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kira can definitely handle herself. Yeah, don't need to worry about that, Beckett. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I wish I knew more specifically about um, Penjatsi a lot, but I don't yeah. wish I did. Yeah. Um, did it? Question oh, though we 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 kind of really quick tangented into solo, but we were That's was fine. there more stuff on the OT that you wanted to to bring up because I'm very curious because the OT is the one where you know I, I know there was martial arts used in there, but it's the one where it seems you know least obvious. Uh, yeah, um, I mean that was about all that I had specifically, okay. other than like you know Kendra, you can just. You can only use the swords. You can't use like kicks or anything. So, okay. like any of like Luke and Luke and Vader's duels when um, they fight, and you know they use they use other strikes. You can't do that in Kendo, as far as I know. It's mm. solely based on the sword. Um, but otherwise, yeah, that's pretty much all I had. Okay, I have some thoughts. Oh, <laughs> all right, yeah. There we go. Well, I did a little bit of research today. Good. Ooh. It was a slow day at work. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, um, well, no, I just thought, like, one thing that I think is really neat that they did in the, the OT as well is that, right, martial arts is is not just the physical combat side of things, right? Like, right. and I think that gets expounded upon a lot with Yoda and, and Empire Strikes Back, right? Mm-hmm. This, uh, I mean, Irvin Kirshner, um, not Irvin Kirshner, excuse me, Lawrence Kasdan, when he was kind of retouching this, a lot of the script for Empire, 
he's the one who kind of infused this Zen sensibility to Empire Strikes Back. Um, you know, George didn't write almost any of that, actually. All, all of that expanded force mythology from Empire is mostly Lawrence Kasdan's work. Um, and I just think it's really neat because they, they create Yoda as this kind of Zen master. And, you know, in lots of forms of, of Japanese Buddhism, which is what Zen Buddhism is, there are, you know, an incredibly large amount of physical movement um, that isn't specific to fighting. Um, I mean, it might, I mean, it's not going to hurt you if you got attacked. You'd be nice to be able to fall back on something like that. But it's more, again, about like the, the spirituality of your body's movement mm. um, and being in tune with that. And movement. yeah, <laughs> um, so I just think it's really neat that for the OT as well as it's uh, while kendo is the main physical form of fighting style with the swords and stuff. Um, it's also really neat though, that they're really branching out into this, into the kind of more beautiful part of a martial art, right? Martial arts for like, I mean, I got kicked out of karate when I was in fifth grade because I thought I was a Ninja Turtle and I roundhouse kicked the little girl I was coupled with in the face because um, no boys were my weight class. I was very little. Um, and I didn't mean to hurt her, but I just got excited, and I was like, I'm Leonardo, and I just, like, roundhouse kicked her in the face. That's so, so good. <laughs> when I got picked up, my, my the guy who ran the dojo was like, yeah, he's not welcome back here. Oh, <laughs> poor little Carl. I know. I didn't mean to hurt her. I felt I felt really bad. I didn't mean to hurt her. But that being said, right, like, when you're young, that's the thing about, like, a martial art that kind of grabs you. Um, you know, for, like, any any little kid, they want to they want to be physical. And, right. Um, but also right from an early age, and granted it didn't last long, but I always do remember that they're always trying to teach you that martial art is an art, and it's so much yeah. more than just striking or hurting or violence. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you can speak to this much better than I can, Emily. Um, but the importance, though, of of that, like, uh, centeredness in your body, and I still think that that's one of the biggest things Yoda is trying to teach Luke on Dagobah is, is kind of being centered in your body. Um, you know, the fact that they're the very first lesson in, that we see is that basically just running through the swamps. You know, there's something about, um, there's a, a, a powerful part of connecting to the Force through your own physicality. Um, and I think that that's something they really expound on in Empire Strikes Back with this whole martial arts stuff. Um, I don't know. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, there is a lot about, like, yes, there's a the physical aspect of, like, yeah, you can punch someone, but there's also a lot of this meditative aspect. And this varies from martial art to martial art. Um, I have a very, very little experience with Aikido, but I know that's um, a Japanese martial art that does focus a lot more on tying spirituality um, to martial arts and through that. Um, but yeah, there is a strong... We always used to say we do forms um, which are like set patterns of punches and kicks and blocks and stuff. We do those to like center yourself. We use them as like a form of med- meditation so you know when if something should happen, one, you're not going to freak out because, like, you're used to doing this. But also, it's a way of, like, grounding yourself in the here and now and focusing on what's going on. Um, But, yeah, that is a lot of what Yoda talks about in Empire is focusing on the here and now and grounding yourself in 
physically what you are. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Don't set on your anxieties, Obi-Wan. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, when I was uh, in community college years and years ago, I took a semester of Tai Chi broadsword. And mm, the, nice. the first, like, for the first, like, half of the semester, half of our time was always spent just doing, you know, practicing uh, movements and, like, and learning, you know, to, to listen to your body and focusing on, on what you were doing and how your body reacts before we even started with the weapons, you know. Um, and then, you know, after that, that halfway point, it was at least, like, the first third or quarter um, to just sort of raise the awareness of what you're doing and how you're doing. And of course there's other forms of Tai Chi that are, are much more meditative than the, the broadsword aspect, which is what I was doing. Um, and we had an entire day where we learned some of that. Um, but it was, it was just really interesting to be able to just sort of walk in and start realizing just, uh, you know, doing the stuff to really start being able to sense everything that your body is doing and is capable of doing um, in a way that it's like a heightened awareness. It really is. Um, and that's something that's very, very cool. It's almost so, as if we had the force. Right? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, wow. but like that whole idea, now that I'm thinking about it, of like learning how to react and almost like predict what your opponent is going to be doing. Like that's the Jedi can use the force to do that. I yeah. wish I had the force to do that. <laughs> Yeah. No, this is so like it's fascinating for me to hear because I'm I'm I am very much like the opposite, you know? I I don't really care much about my body, you know, or like what obviously we need balance, you know, we 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 exist in flesh, but of course we're more than flesh, but the flesh is is important, you know? I I spend a lot of time thinking about art and looking at art and, you know, thinking about words and you know, um because for me the way I feel the force, you know, connected to other people is when I when I look at like a painting, I can mm. hear and see someone putting that intentionality in to that work and then it speaks to me from across space from across time you know like Ray and Kylo reaching out and actually touching from across an impossible distance you know but then when I hear you guys talk about how your body moves and how you can feel yourself moving in that space you know existing in your body and how you exist around other people as well I'm like wow that's real that's another way to touch that idea that that I get, you know, out of out of the written word, out of you know, visual arts, stuff like that, music, like that's that's incredible to me. I think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and it, it, that's really neat too. Cause it makes me think of mm-hmm. right, like this idea that martial art. Um, mm-hmm. the, the more um, the more practiced you become, the more in tune you are with your body, and you're in tune with the things that are around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you think of an attack of the clones when, you know, uh, Anakin loses his lightsaber again. Obi-Wan gives it back. This weapon is your life. Um, this idea that, like, as a Jedi, a lightsaber is their life. And, and when a Jedi pulls out the lightsaber to fight with it, it's an extension of you, right? And that's something right. we know, like, in, in ancient samurai art forms, you know, their sword or their horse was – it was this was all part of your body. Um, and it, but it also makes me, like, with what you were just talking about, Katie, with, specifically with art or something, like, you think of – 
you know, like a, a great violinist or something, when they're playing that violin, though, there is, it's like they're just so in tune with their body and what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of like, to expand that into Star Wars 2, it's kind of like a great pilot, like Poe, when Poe's just right. being Poe, or when Han's just being Han, right? There's like a part of them, they do slip into this kind of force-guided meditation without even maybe recognizing it. Yes. And I remember there's an interview from a year, few years back where Dave Filoni talked about that. that he was addressing this idea of who can use the force and like grappling with this idea that like the Jedi certainly have a special unique ability with it. But Dave Filoni made this point about Han Solo. Like, well, you know, when Han Solo is piloting in a way he's, he's just moving with the ebb of the flow, the, the, mm-hmm. the flow of the force, because he's just so in tune with what he's doing. And it just makes me think of anybody who has a particular art form. Um, you know, it can be a painter when they pick up their brush. It can be a writer when they sit down at their keypad. It can be anything like that. It's, um, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of the, the physicality of it, you know, mm-hmm. good, like a good yeah. NASCAR driver. Yeah, well, I, I really see that. For some reason, a shot that really encapsulates that for me is in The Last Jedi at the beginning when Poe, like, slams himself up against the side of, of his cockpit to spin his to spin his um, X-Wing around, yeah. like, completely. You know what I mean? I'm like, does he technically need to do that, I think? No. But there's an intentionality in, in that motion of, I'm going to turn this thing around right now on a dime. And, and and he does it, and it's incredible, you know? Just, like, I don't know. Well done, Oscar Isaac, for just that performance of, like, you know, just slamming himself up against the side of his cockpit. Like, just very deliberately. It's really good. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot to say about, like, the physicality of, like, mm-hmm. embodying a character that does martial arts. And I think, the like, the best character that we see it in is in Darth Maul. Yes! Straight by Ray Park. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Ah, I knew we were getting there. Yes, yes, I love Ray Park. Can I just um, say I something Darth- real quick before we we dive too deep? Um, I was watching some of the the behind the scenes features uh, from the prequel DVDs this morning uh, to try and prepare for this, and Nick Gillard basically says that you know the the fighting style he developed for the prequels. Um, was a lot of, of various forms of, of you know sword fighting and martial arts from from epe fencing to kendo, um, and then he said even uh, tennis and <laughs> tree chopping. So okay, so he, good. I, was, I mean, yeah, you can draw inspiration from anywhere. Yeah, I guess it was pretty <laughs> funny, oh. but yeah, um, I, I just that was one of the funniest things that I heard him say. <laughs> But Nick Gillard is a genius. So. He is. He is. Um, yeah, man, can't talk about martial arts in Star Wars without talking about Ray Park. Yes. Um, no. He does Chinese Kung Fu. And specifically, he's an expert in the bow. Well, bow is Japanese. He does Chinese. <laughs> he's an expert in the staff, which I think is why Darth Maul has a double-bladed lightsaber, because that's basically the lightsaber equivalent of a staff. Um, and I can... Because I took Bo, too. I took Bo because I love Darth Maul. Yeah, um, yeah that's nice. so good. <laughs> yes! I'm gonna um, cry. Are we the same person? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We'll have to talk more later. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, just from my experience of doing Bo and watching um, the Duel of Fates, like, I can see a lot of that, of, like, the way that 
Mong uses all of his lightsaber. Like, he doesn't just use the blade ends. He uses the hilt in the middle. Like, that's how he knocks Qui-Gon in the chin. Yeah. Uh, which is something, like, you use with bow. You can use all of it because there's no blade. Um, and then it looks like he tries to do that with Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan just cuts his lightsaber in half instead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I love the f- kind of physicality that Ray Park brings to the role of Darth Maul. Because you can, like, see it once he starts... Um, the duel, he just gets into it. He just is solely focused on this duel. And even, like, in those moments of when the ray shields are down, Qui-Gon goes to meditate. Maul, he prowls, is the best word that I have for it. He's waiting for this fight to start up again. Whereas Qui-Gon is centering himself in the Force, in his spirituality, basically, to prepare for what's going to come. And I always find that's, like, a really neat dichotomy between the two characters but also like the physical way that ray park inhabits maul that's exactly it i love hearing ray park talk about that moment like specifically you know when when we get like the big reveal of darth maul you know those bay doors open and it's like oh this is his moment and how yeah the hood comes off and and you know it's a very powerful moment when he just looks up and we you know we see his eyes it's it's powerful. And, and I, you know, and I, I remember, you know, seeing that for the first time and being like, why, why am I so struck by this guy just opening his eyes? And Ray Park talks about it. The way he talks about it is that he couldn't, it's like he wasn't even existing, you know, uh, it's hard for me to, to put his words, (laughs) you know, where he, where he couldn't feel the, the prosthetic horns on his head. He couldn't feel them. And he couldn't feel the contacts in his eyes and he couldn't feel the makeup on his face. You know, that that's a lot for any actor to work through. But he wasn't an actor in that moment. He was a martial artist. And yeah. that's what he talks about. He's like, no, I wasn't acting there. You know, he's like, I was just existing. So, he was existing so presently that he couldn't feel all this stuff on his face. And he's like, and all he's thinking about is trusting his body and getting his body to do what he knows his body can do. He knows he can do these backflips. He knows he can do these things, you know, and just being like so intensely present in that moment. You, It's captured on film, you know, yeah. I, th- and I think that's why, that's why we wake up and that's why we're like, who is this guy? Because it's this incredibly genuine moment captured on film, you know, of just this guy who just is so intensely present that he's like, what horns, what contact lenses, what makeup, this is me, you know? Wow. (laughs) And I love how he talks about that because like, I've experienced that feeling like in sparring, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. like you just be completely in the zone. You won't, like, you don't feel your gear. You don't hear everyone else around you. You're solely focused on who you're fighting and how you're going to win and strategizing that, like, you just don't notice everything else. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I can see him, like, pretty much doing that. He's solely focused on this duel and how he moves because he moves with such intention yeah. when mm-hmm. in that duel. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome. Yeah, love that uh, arc. His like, his like, his flip right before he like 
you know, he, he throws like a droid part to open a door right before yeah. that. He has that, like that flip. I love hearing Ray Park talk about that too, because he calls it flying and you know, he, uh, that apparently that's just his favorite thing to do. And he talks <laughs> about it like, you know, he, he, um, you know, he kind of fell out of practice, I guess, with it for a while. And, and he's only like, I, I follow him on Instagram because of course I do. <laughs> I was just like, Ray Park, you know, uh, when, uh, when yeah. apparently he's been practicing it in the last year or so. And he just had this one post that was so cute. It was so good. He was just all like, it's so good to be flying again. And he posted a video of him doing it just like that, that flip over and over again. It's like, <laughs> oh, Ray, you're so pure and so good. <laughs> was he, was he throwing things at doorways to open them while, I don't think while he- doing that clip? Yeah, he doesn't know any other way uh, to open doors. Yeah, it's right. Like, <laughs> that's the only way to open doors. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Obviously. No. <laughs> Maul, Maul is terrific. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that they brought Ray Park in to do that. Um, the other thing that uh, Nick Gillard was saying in the stuff I was re- uh, watching is he said, you know, I know a lot of stuff, but he's better than I am about <laughs> Ray. So he's like, you know, and Very it's true. so good to have someone who is a martial artist, not an actor first in this role, because that brings the other actors up to his level. You know, yeah. they, they, they strive yeah. to, to reach that kind of a level, which, you know, helps, you know, not only sell the fight, but, you know, make everybody be more aware and, and helps the, the duel just be pulled off that much better. And so, Everyone on this the, the featurettes I was watching had nothing but praise for Ray Park and his uh, skills. So that's so cute and nice. I remember he's incredibly heard, skilled. Yeah, I heard one interview with him once where it was all like, "Oh, was it hard for you to slow down for Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor? You know, because they're not martial artists; they're just you know learning the the steps. You know, was was it hard for you to like slow down for them?" And he was like, "No." I, He's like, how can I show them nothing but patience? Because sure, I was running circles around them, but they were acting circles around me. <laughs> so like, you know, it's just like, and you're also working, uh, like, yeah, it's part of their job to go learn how to lightsaber duel, but you're also working with someone who's taking the time to learn what you're doing, and like, you got to respect that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that was, you know, I just thought that was so sweet, you know, just the humility that Ray Park has. I um, I. I, I've talked about this before. I'm still not over it. How I how I got my picture with with Sam Witwer and and Ray Park at a at Star Wars Celebration just in Chicago. I'm sorry, Katie. I don't remember how how did you do that. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god! I just I did not survive, honestly. But um, but yeah, I, this is her forced know, these, ghost. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But just, um, uh, you know, these photo ops go very, very quickly, you know, um, you, you really, you only have time to just shake their hand, you know, whatever. So I shake, uh, shake Sam's hand first cause he's closest to me. And I'm like, thank you for making Darth Maul happen. And Sam was like, oh, oh, it's all this guy right here, you know, pointing to Ray Park. And so I shake Ray Park's hand and I go, thank you for making Darth Maul happen. And Ray just goes, oh no, it was all George. It was all George. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's so much of what I've heard about Ray Park yeah. is he's just super chill like that. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm really excited that they mo-capped him for Clone Wars. Yes. Because, like, I'm so excited to see that kind of physicality that he brings to Maul in Clone Wars. Yeah. Not that, like, the animators didn't do a fantastic job with Maul before, but, like, yeah. it's just going to elevate it. 
Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dave Filoni talked about that too. I I loved hearing Dave Filoni just praise Ray Park. Just like I could just listen to that all day. It's just <laughs> everybody stand here and praise Ray Park. <laughs> Him talking about how there's just such a unique way that Ray Park moves. You know, being able to capture it for animation was just a delight by all accounts, and I uh, I'm very excited. You guys? Yeah, I am too. That's gonna be so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, like the the one thing, right? Like I think a com- so to address like maybe one of the common complaints of the prequel duels mm. is that they're overly choreographed, and um, you know, if you if you watch any of these like behind the scene featurettes from the Phantom Menace, um, you even have George talking about how ultimately, right? Like he wanted these prequel fight scenes to be different because this is. This is the heyday of the Jedi. This is their yeah. golden age. We're going to see them do things that we've only dreamed of, right? Um, and I mean, I do think that, like, by Revenge of the Sith, it's a. I, I do think they're a bit much, like, overly choreographed. Um, and that's not to like hate on them, but mm. the thing, like, and Jason, you, you, you and I have made these. You know, we've talked about this before in the past, though that. What I really like about the prequel fights, uh, duels specifically, is though that like of course they there is kind of this uh, this flourishness to it yeah. because it is an art form. It's part yeah. of like being a Jedi is this art form of yeah. wielding a lightsaber. It's an art form for a Sith Lord to wield a lightsaber, right? Like, of course they fight with something much more stylized because. It is an art form. And like you were kind of saying earlier, Emily, like this ability to to know where the next strike is. I think even Nick Gillard makes that point in one of the behind the scenes things. He's like, you know, if you watch these fights closely, you'll realize that where the next strike is is because it's the only place you can strike. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think to to any lay person like the three of us, for instance, who know <laughs> next to nothing about this sort of stuff, yeah. while it may just look like a choreographed dance to us, that there is really an intricacy of of, of where you can actually strike. And I think you couple that with the sense that the Jedi know, know how to like fight like that coupled with their ability to use the force. Of course, there's going to be kind of a flashiness to it, an art form to it. Fluid. Yeah. It's going to be really fluid. It is is martial Mm. arts. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. They've had a thousand years where they're not dueling anyone to develop, um, like their lightsaber forms and stuff. Mm. So, like, of course, they're going to end up being a little more flashy, a little more fancy, rather than just like the bare basics, because they've had the time and the ability to like develop that into being fancy, but also useful in a lot of ways. Um, mm. yeah. And that's why I kind of like Obi Wan and Anakin's duel in Revenge of the Sith, because that's that's like the culmination of like these one thousand years is in these two fighting the last fight before the Jedi and everything that they worked for is wiped out. And they're both using Jedi techniques in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I like how they described it in the Revenge of the Sith novel. If I had it on hand, I would just read the direct quote, but I don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. You wish. (laughs) It's on your bookshelf with all your religious books. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Standards between the Gospels and the Old Testament. Revenge of the (laughs) Sith. There it is. That's all you need to know. Well, they talked about how um, Obi-Wan and Anakin are just two halves of, you know, of one person. 
So of course, when those halves, you know, clash, there's, I don't know, they just, they read each other so well, and they know each other so well, that of course, it's going to be like really fluid and really, I don't know, really tight. I just, I always think of just how close they get to each other, and they're able to like grab each other's wrists, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Just trying to tear each other down. It's awful, <laughs> but but amazing at the same time. Yeah, like the way that they fight on Mustafar, like that's like the hundreds of hours that they've put in, like Obi Wan training Anakin, and then them both dueling each other to keep their skill sharp, and then like all the thousands of years of Jedi martial arts, like mm-hmm. all that culminates in that duel, mm-hmm. and like it's really incredible to see because that's. That's part of the reason why it's so drawn out is because, like, Obi-Wan and Anakin have dueled each other so often that they know instinctively what the other one is going to do next, just as they would if they were fighting back-to-back to face someone else. Yeah. They know what the other one is going to do, so they're automatically going to go and block that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, well, that's their um, that's their symbol, right? I mean, um, that, of, of their, like, uh, what do you call it? You know, their battalion, their unit of, of clones, you know what I mean? The, the, the yeah. circle is, is their symbol. You know, you yeah. can see it, and it's in the Attack of the Clones animated series. It's on Obi-Wan's armor, and then it's also in Revenge of the Sith. It's on Obi-Wan's shuttle. Um, yeah, that, that circle, that image of, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan, it shows how they complete each other. You know, they're two halves of this circle. And, uh, yeah, just everything you were saying. That's exactly <laughs> Yeah, the uh, duel is so much fun to watch too. I agree. I still agree. enjoy watching it. Oh man! Well, you know that that mural they had at Sh- sorry, yeah, just the mural they had at Star Wars Celebration of the saga yeah. and how Revenge of the Sith was just summarized in that duel, the image of Obi Wan and, and Anakin. I remember staring at that and just being like, I love that. I love that. That's the image. Like, what a bold choice, you know? And just it it really is like that's the statement of Revenge of the Sith in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So what is your question, Jason? Qu- question. Um, yeah. I want to I want to step into Attack of the Clones real quick. Uh, is is Yoda based on any actual martial arts fighting <laughs> style? Do we know? <laughs> uh, not that I know of. Darn. <laughs> I think a lot of that is him using the Force. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and tiny, tiny legs. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. what he's using. Yes. No, that's that's true. Um, but of course, you know they they definitely went much more classical fencing with Dooku. They brought a lot of that in as well. Um, yeah. Oh, I have uh, a question. Oh. Okay. How many younglings does it would? How many younglings would it require for for Anakin to have an actual fight? Like you know, like he just walks into that room and there's like fifteen. Obviously, fifteen younglings Oof. weren't enough. How many? You know. <laughs> Exactly how many younglings? Uh, I think it's going to take a lot of younglings. (laughs) Probably more than the Jedi Order had. (laughs) I mean, you're talking younglings who have had, like, five to, like, not that many years of training versus, like, Anakin, who's been with the Jedi for a while. He's... But there's... I think there is a number. Like, you know, like, youngling, youngling, youngling... Youngling 10,001 doesn't make it, but Youngling 10,002 makes it. Like, that's, maybe that's... 10,000. 10, younglings. Yeah, the Jedi Order is going to need a lot more younglings. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't oh. know why I'm like this. Why am I like this? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> if into this line of thought you go, only pain will you find. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Whole lot of pain. Oh, woof. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, were we done talking about the Anakin and Obi Wan before I? <laughs> yes, I think we are. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's one other guy that that I think has a lot to do with the martial arts that I I'm would be surprised if you didn't have something to say about Emily. Uh, it's uh, And I mentioned him at the beginning, it's uh, our buddy Jared Imway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don, Donnie um, Yen, didn't he come up with his own martial arts style for this or form for this, I think? Yeah. He might have. Yeah, I think yeah. he did. Um, he is also a practitioner of Chinese, marsh, uh, Chinese Kung Fu. So him and Ray Park are in the same martial arts family, I guess. Oh, I want to see um, them give each other high fives. Just- yeah, yes, <laughs> just all of the wushu high fives. Oh my uh, gosh, I just realized that their timelines meet up. They absolutely could have met at one point. Like, Sorry, Cheer and, and Maul in the same room. That, that, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. That would be terrifying. That's, that would be, that, mm, mm, fanfic authors, get on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chira is definitely like very strongly rooted from everything that I know in martial arts, especially I mentioned it before, Aikido, um, which a Japanese martial art that blends spirituality and the physicality, um, like very much in the outfit that he wears reminds me a lot of like the Aikido uniforms and just the way that he approaches um, his fight with the stormtroopers obviously is like very much based on the staff because that's what he uses. But it's also like when he gets closer, like he does this arm wrap with one of the stormtroopers. And I'm just like, yeah, I remember my sensei demonstrated that on me. And then I ended up on my back. Um, yeah, like that, um, that arm wrap is a very effective way to like control someone because you have part of them and now you can move them. And like, Chirrut, like, he rotates that stormtrooper. He moves him around to use him to his advantage and then knocks him out. Or, it's probably not knocked out, but... Well, I'm pretty yeah. sure he uses the stormtrooper to uh, absorb a few blaster shots, so... Yeah, so he's not knocked out. He um, did. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty dead. Um, but yeah, like, a lot of Chirrut's characters like, very much rooted more in, like, the spirituality side of martial arts. But even the way he fights is so much rooted in the physical aspects of martial arts. Love cheering. Yeah, actually, uh, I was able to find that conversation he had the interview before the before Rogue One came out, where he talked about developing um, a new fighting style for Rogue One. And I always thought it was uh, like he just chose to create a new fighting style. It was more out of necessity, and I never realized this. So the um, contacts he was wearing to kind of give that blind effect, they were really thick and really, really uncomfortable, and it was really hard to literally see with them in. So that's why Donnie Yen kind of decided, like, I need to come up with a different fighting style because of the actual limitations of how I'm filming this character. Which is also, like, that's so meta, because that's literally what he does as a character, too, right? Like, probably adapts his own fighting style as well because of the fact that he's blind. Yeah, Um, that's incredible. Yeah, so I just thought that was really cool. So he knew he couldn't come in and just do you know, his normal run-of-the-vill, like, kung fu wushu style that he, he normally does because he has these actual limitations while filming this part. So he kind of adapted it. And he wanted it to be something Star Wars-y. Yeah. Um, and it also makes me think a lot of, you know, we get a lot of this in Clone Wars, which obviously is an animated series, but, um, and I especially thought of it again, the uh, 
the teaser trailer we got a celebration for you know the final season of clone wars where ahsoka kind of jumps into that landing craft and without a lightsaber but just totally like owns all those mandos in kind of like this martial art form which again it's just it seems really neat that even like jedi like they're trained in kind of this hand-to-hand combat um that is very martial art-esque um, and there was, if you read the Revenge of the Sith novel, which is the best Star Wars novel, in my opinion, of all, um, the, the duel between Anakin and Obi-Wan in that is phenomenal. And kind of the, the stuff you were insinuating at Katie as well. But there's also a lot more um, hand-to-hand fighting that was originally intended to go into that fight. And I really wish we'd gotten more of it. Um, but yeah, like it, it's neat that Chirrut's fighting style is a martial art form, but whenever we see Jedi doing kind of more hand-to-hand combat, which we get to see a decent amount of in Clone Wars, one of my favorite Clone Wars episodes, I think it's in the first or second season, is when Cad Bane and some bounty hunters hold some senators hostage and they shut uh, yes. down the power, and hostage Anakin crisis. doesn't have his light. Yeah, yeah, and and Padme has Anakin's lightsaber. Um, yeah, <laughs> talk about yeah. a euphemism. Um, uh, hey. uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> But uh, Anakin's forced to fight hand-to-hand, and he does kind of have this martial art technique, right? Mm. So, um, but sorry, I kind of veered us off Cheer. Let's get back on Cheer It. Jason, what do you think of Cheer It? Oh, that, that duel with Cheer It and the Stormtroopers is one of my favorite moments in Rogue One. I mean, it, was, it made my, my top list uh, just a few episodes back, so I love that so much. So I, the, the thing is... Um, with all of this, uh, I took some stage combat classes, and the thing that you have to do, not only in developing and, choreo- and choreographing a fight, um, in order to make the fight uh, interesting and exciting just from a, a technical aspect, but you also have to work in the character beats, too. Because yeah. you, you have to work in you know looks and, and dialogue and things like that. And you have to find places where that fits and find reasons for them to stop fighting in order to have that, you know, taunt or whatever. You know, Master Kenobi, you disappoint me. You don't is your foot okay? Eyes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is your foot okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they, you have to, to work all of that in and it the whole aspect of this becomes this big conglomeration of like 17 different layers. And it's amazing that they are able to do all of that within these movies so well and so fluidly. And it's literally months of work on these things. And it's over in three minutes, you know, if that, yeah. So, but, but, but that's the, that's the lifestyle in, in all the martial arts is, you know, you practice for life and you may never actually have to use any of this outside of a dojo. You know? Yeah, that, that's like um, something that my sensei always said was like, you know, we're training you for real life, but God forbid you ever have to use this. Wow. Like, you yeah. never want to have to use it in real life. Yeah. Wow. But, man. Really yeah. Cool. yeah. So, uh, for the sake of eras, like, yeah, I'm curious about the sequels, right? The sequel uh, trilogy yes. obviously has, has employed. Uh, very particular forms of martial arts as well. Um, do you know anything about those? Um, just like some observational stuff that like I've seen, like stuff that I've connected from like my martial arts journey and the stuff that like I know about to you know what the sequel trilogy is doing. Um, really, some of it's really Kylo, 
Um, I love yeah. the way that Kylo fights. Like, he... Like, we were talking about presence with Ray Park. Adam Driver does a lot of the same thing of, like, he brings in this... Um, he brings in so much presence to his fights as Kylo Ren because he used to pretend that, like, the lightsaber that he's swinging is, like, is working against him because I think that was something about, like, the lightsaber that he has, the crystals, like, working against him or something like that. And, like, he used to pretend that that's working. Um... So a lot of, like, how he fights is more like a broadsword, like a knight would fight with those big, long, heavy swords Mm -hmm. versus, like, a more traditional Asian martial art. Um, Whereas, like, the way Ray fights with the staff is very much, like, out of necessity. Like, you can tell that she never learned any formal kind of fighting. She just kind of, like, learned how to whack someone with it and then... Spin it because spinning the bow is fun. And <laughs> yeah. it's a good trick. It is. It is yeah. a good trick. Yeah, it is a good trick. <laughs> Until you whack yourself in the head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like Wicked. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I love that um, before The Last Jedi came out, they put out a featurette about like all of the cast like training for their scenes. And I always love watching Adam's part because mm. he brings. Like, you can tell he's going a thousand percent into his... And this is just, like, him training. This isn't even them filming. And you can tell he's already going, like, a thousand percent in. Not that, like, the rest of the cast isn't, but, like, he just brings something different to it. Well, he's just... He's massive. He is. Six three, six four, something like that. And built, like, a brick house. Yeah, like, yeah, Daisy Ridley talks about that a lot. Like, you know, having to to fight him, you know, cross blades with him. And how he's just absolutely massive. And just, yeah, the the weight, not just the physical weight and the emotional weight that he brings to his scenes. Like, even me knowing nothing about martial arts, you know, I can feel every blow that he lands you know like it's it's terrifying honestly yeah yeah like sparred guys they were shorter Mm -hmm. than him but like built the same they're powerhouses yeah against yeah it's almost like well yeah that's how like dave filoni talks about darth vader you know and darth vader is just this you know this, this oncoming train this mountain of you know just destruction um, you know, and, and, and just how, you know, utterly Darth, Darth Maul, sorry, Darth Vader wastes Ezra because of course he should, you yes. know, yeah. Ezra, Ezra is nothing against this, this mountain, you know, and Kylo Ren is almost like that without the armor, you know, yeah. like he doesn't need the armor to just be this absolute powerhouse. Like, especially like yeah. the fight with the Praetorian guards too. Mm-hmm. Like you watch yeah. that one. That's. I think that's where we can see the best of Kylo fighting is with the Praetorian guards. Absolutely. Like, I mean, no disrespect to my girl Ray, but like when when Kylo is up against like three Praetorian guards and she's off with one, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, like, wow, he does so much heavy lifting in that fight. <laughs> yeah, especially because like the Praetorian guards are trained in Terras Kasi, which is a form like Ooh. developed to go against people yeah. who have the force. Yeah. So like. The Praetorian guards should theoretically be able to hold their own fairly well with Kylo, but he just decimates them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yep. Well, they were trained at Terras Kasi. Yeah, they are. That's well, yeah, because they're not, yeah. they're not Force-sensitive, so they would need something like Terras Kasi, I think, to... Because Terras Kasi was developed. Game. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Terras Kasi was developed as a... It was developed by Mandos, right? To... Am I getting my, my legends wrong? 
I don't know. It, yeah, no, I don't think it was by Amandos. Oh, okay, yeah. But, um, it, was but it was developed to go against Force users, I think, mm-hmm. like, specifically the Jedi. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. And then it just kind of ended up keep going. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then, of course, the, you know, in addition to just, you know, Kylo, which a beast of a of a mm-hmm. fighter. Um, yeah. We, we, you know, we, you get a few other little things in the sequel trilogy that I, I think are cool. You've got, you know, the... Um, Finn's fight with the uh, the stormtrooper on Takadana, um, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. traitor trooper, uh, and, <laughs> right? And then of course his uh, his duel with Phasma, uh, and she's so good. Oh, and, yeah, uh, it was really good. And mm-hmm. she's she's uh, you know a bit closer to more of a she's sort of a blend of Maul and Kylo. I think is, is the the. Mm-hmm. the <laughs> at least the physicality of the fight that yeah. I'm, I'm witnessing. Yeah. Talking about powerhouses, you know, people just brick houses, you know. <laughs> That's Phasma. Yeah. In that yeah. chrome armor, like, she she could run me over and I would thank her for it. Just thank you, ma'am. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, the way she just, like, stomps towards Finn, you know, like, oh, my gosh. Just, yeah, I would lay down on the ground and just let her just stomp. Just right over. Yep, I can't fight that. (laughs) Thank you, ma'am. Just thank you. (laughs) Yeah, like I love her fight with. (laughs) Yeah, her fight with Finn is really cool because they're. um, It's really one of the few like times that we see two non-force users dueling in a similar way that like the Jedi and the Sith would. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they're both using kind of similar weapons. um, Yeah. Yeah, it's just really cool to watch. Gwendolyn Christie is an incredible fighter. It, I'm sure some of that has to do with the Game of Thrones training, too. Yeah, oh. <laughs> with her sword, yeah. 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 Oh, it's... man, her against the mountain. <laughs> or not the mountain, sorry, the hound, yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch just... Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> and, well, and apparently um, one of the main uh, sword fighting and just fight choreographers for Last Jedi also was one of the main choreographers for Game of Thrones. Wow. I learned that today. I can't remember his name. That's so um, cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but totally different fighting styles, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. Um, and I like how they respect that. Um, but yeah, I, I love that fight with, with Finn and Phasma. And that was why like, I, I love the fight between Kira and Dryden. I just wish it was longer. Yeah, um, I, I mean, but I also appreciate that it's not because that's kind of the importance of it. Like she... Kind of like Arya Stark, she's an assassin in a way, right? Like, not meant yeah. to be, it's not meant to be a drawn out fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, just going back to a, like something I said earlier, I just th- these are my favorite fights in Star Wars duels, and it was so cool that we've now gotten um, non Jedi duels, like yes. you know, yeah. Finn, Finn and Phasma, Finn and um, Traitor, Traitor, uh, Han and. <laughs> Han and Dryden, I mean, it doesn't go very well for Han. Um, Dryden <laughs> and Kira, like, um, you know, oh, man. Uh, Enfys Nest. Let's not yeah, forget good yeah. old... Yes. Now that's, she obviously knows some sort of hand-to-hand combat skill. The way she gets in close there on um, on Beckett yeah. and just takes yep. it right down yeah. on the train yeah. fight. Like, that's awesome. Um, how she just, like, brings him right down. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And so cool, too, like, that that's the chosen combat style. I mean, she has those defense fans because she knows, right, she can't fight from a distance. She's just got a staff. Yeah. So you need to have something to defend 
And she's not a Jedi, she doesn't have a lightsaber, so it allows her to get in close and work yeah. magic. God, Enfys, marry me. You, um, right? Same. Same. After, oh after Alden. I was going to say, uh, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Alden, Enfys, and I, we'd be such a happy family and great yeah. sitcom. Yeah, I yeah, I'd I'd be very jealous of that sitcoms. Like, let's face it, like the neighbor. Let's face it, Carl is made for sitcoms. Yes. (laughs) You know what's a scene in the sequel trilogy I want to talk about is um, is when Ray is training by herself and Luke is watching her with that lightsaber. Well, she starts with the staff, and then she's just kind of like she sees that lightsaber laying there, and she's almost like, "Why am I wasting my time with this staff?" And she picks it up, and you know, the the more she swings it, you know, at first she's pulling her punches. You know, she we see her like almost hit that rock, but she doesn't. She pulls back, you know. But then eventually, she does just slice that rock in half, and and she stumbles backwards from it. I don't know. I don't know anything about martial arts training, and something tells me that she wasn't supposed to land that blow. Is that correct, or no? Was she supposed to do that if she's training? Ideally, should she land that blow or, or not? Um, if you're fighting another person, it depends on where the blow is. Oh, okay. Um, so from my training experience, stuff like the face and the head and below the belt, like, you're not supposed to actually hit in training because, like, you can break someone's nose, you can give them a concussion, something like that, mm-hmm. and that can be, like, really bad. But, um, you know, if you're going to, like, kick someone in the side or something like those are generally blows that like yeah you check your strength so you're not like kicking someone at full strength but you can like land a kick like that if you're um working with someone who's like at your same level or like a little bit worse a little bit better there's like a little bit of leeway there but like mm. you're not gonna have like a black belt and a white belt and like the black belt's gonna go and like kick oh, the just, white belt. like just haul off you're not gonna do <laughs> that that's yeah. that's how you don't get white belts back yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Well, it, I um. Ouch time. Yeah. Ouch <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe I don't. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how I'm supposed to read that moment because Ray almost does seem like a little scared of of her power. I guess, and and Luke is also he he turns away. You know, yeah. from that moment, like it's almost like oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should not have hauled off on this rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, at least to me, it looks like you know she's doing her training, and then she mm-hmm. notices Luke is watching, mm-hmm. and so she's mm-hmm. like, "Ah, this is my chance to impress him, to show right, him right. My, what I'm learning," and she mm-hmm. overdoes it. Yeah, um, yeah. That's kind of how I always read that, and of course, you know, it gets her a little in trouble because she, you know, slashes the rock and it tumbles down the hill, and <laughs> you know, nearly crushes right. the caretakers, and they just sort of look up at her like. Really? 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 Yeah. really? I want my caretaker's two-pack action figure set. Yes! And I don't think we're going to get it, and that Complete bums me out with hard. wheelbarrow exploding action. Yes! Oh, yes! That'd be so good. <laughs> so, oh, I'm not even kidding. I would, man, I would just be rolling across my desk. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick question, because I know we, we want to try and close down here soon. Um, do we think that Ray is going to change her style at all from where she's been? You know, she fights basically as a survivor right now. Yeah. Um, because she has to. You know, she has no real yeah. formal training or anything. Do we think we're going to get a different fighting style from Ray in Rise of Skywalker? 
I don't think it's going to be different. I think it's going to be more refined. Oh, okay, um, yeah. So I think she's going to practice the skills that she has and maybe like learn some other things that she can incorporate into it. But like the flip. Um, yes, I love the flip. Yes. I haven't even seen the movie yet, and I love the flip. Um, <laughs> one of the things that we talk about a lot is like yeah, the stuff that you learn at like brown belt and when like you're almost to a black belt like all that stuff is really cool but at the end of the day if you're gonna get into trouble you're gonna rely on the stuff that you learned as like a white belt and like sometime and like something around there um Mm -hmm. so you're gonna rely on the skills that you drilled the most and i think that's Mm -hmm. what ray is going to do is just drill the skills that she has and like add like add polish to them Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah that's cool i like well do we think I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, uh, you know, this is misdirection or whatever, but we have seen Ray going back to the staff a bit in episode nine. And I don't know. Yeah, the, I don't know what to think about well, that. At least about there, there's, there's the, the publicity staff. photo. Sure. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, I think if she does go back to the staff in the movie, it's because that's the weapon she's most comfortable with. Okay. Because that's yeah. one that she had on Jakku for who knows how long. Yeah. That's the one that, like, she had through The Last Jedi. Like, that's, like, the weapon that she's most comfortable with using. No, that's fair. Yeah. Do we think double-bladed lightsaber? Do we think? I want a double-bladed lightsaber. I <laughs> do! <laughs> <It's> so bad! <laughs> I don't think so because of the emphasis they're putting on the legacy saber, but it would mm. be really awesome if she did. <laughs> yeah. She can just amend the legacy lightsaber. She already has to fix it anyway. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Please. Double bladed lightsaber. What was the point? <laughs> what was the point even? <laughs> to show off Ray Park School with the staff. Right. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Sadly, for the sake of time and my battery life, um, <laughs> we're, we're going to have to start wrapping this up. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's obviously still so much more you can talk about with martial arts and Star Wars. Um, yeah. But this was this was really fun. Um, but since Emily's a new guest, and we haven't had a guest in a while, um, especially a new guest. Wait, is that true? Don't care. <laughs> um, if we have, I forgot this part, which is my favorite part. I actually know the answer, but you two don't. That's oh. um, Emily, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? A New Hope. Ooh. Ooh. Explain. Explain yourself. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's the Star Wars movie that I grew up with because um, when I was a little kid, um, my dad had the original trilogy, um, the VHS box set, special editions, and those were the ones that I grew up watching all the time. Because not all the prequels were out when I was yeah. growing up. So I just kept watching the originals over and over, and A New Hope was the one that like, I always went back to again and again. Um, so that was my favorite. That's awesome. Oh, that's really nice, yeah. I was so glad to talk to you, Emily. I'm so glad you came on. Like, this has been amazing. Yeah. Carl, <laughs> you've got one more question, right? For new guests? Oh, oh, sorry. What's your favorite Star Wars character? Oh. Luke Skywalker. Luke yeah. Skywalker. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yes. I mean, I feel like that's not much of a surprise, but yeah, like I love Luke. I love his arc through the originals and through the sequels. Like I just love him so much. <laughs> Perfect. Final question. Who's your favorite Star Wars club advisor? Oh, uh, Carl. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. I'm literally yes. the only one who's allowed to be the advisor. So she's kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Always two there are. <laughs> Except in this case. Yes. 
Um, I'm so glad that Emily was able to come on and uh, we'll have to get you back at some other point to talk just Star Wars thoughts in general. Um, And Emily is the reason that I got to go to an advanced screening of Solo last year because of the Star Wars Club. I'm really hoping that PR person from Disney reaches out again this year in December so that I can go see an early screening of Rise of Skywalker. I mean, right this time. Yeah. (laughs) That would be awesome. So um, but I dropped the ball last week on our on our matchup, but it's kind of perfect because it, this is like a good like dueling matchup to end a martial arts episode with. Um, so last week we, uh, going with our Attack of the Clones episode, asked you all who you think would win in a in a duel between um, Attack of the Clones Anakin and Empire Strikes Back Luke. Mm-hmm. So we will definitely post that um, in conjunction with this episode so that we can talk about it next week. Yes. Um, yes. But, yeah, be sure to weigh in on that. It will be awesome. And, and Carl, if people want to weigh in on that or weigh in on any of the awesome martial arts talk we had today, where can they do that? Um, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Wampuslayer, um, on Facebook at Wampuslayer Podcast, and you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Katie, where can folks find you on the interwebs? You guys can find me on Twitter at Poe Hot Dameron. Good times. <laughs> And Emily, if people want to talk to you on the Twitterverse, how can they find you? Uh, I am at the Ace Jedi on Twitter. Cool. Easy peasy. Excellent. Uh, Anything else before we close down this episode? Not for me. Thank you so much for having me. I've had so much fun. Oh, thanks for being here. Thank you so much (laughs) for being here, Emily. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 338, Martial Arts in Star Wars. For Carl, Emily, and Katie, I'm Jason. And we will see you next time here in the Wampus Lair.